<sighs> so I'm, I'm very grateful that we're doing an extra bonus week of the prayer power classes. So it's one of my favorite topics. And Spirit guided me to share some uh, additional things with you and to go for another week in the, the prayer power series on prayer. And um, also, for those of you who have been doing your one-on-ones with me, your Masterful Living check-ins uh, from some of those conversations, too, I got some inspiration to share with you and support you. So let's start with a prayer. I'm so grateful to place my hand on my heart and to say yes to the highest possibilities of love. So grateful and thankful to say yes to inspiration, to healing, to transformation. We consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true nature is perfect love. It always has been and it always will be. We are grateful and thankful to come together and turn over all sense of doubt, all sense of limitation, all sense of separation. We're laying it on the altar and giving it to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing, for transformation. We are grateful and thankful to shift our vibration. We're lifting ourselves up with love. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So this class will also be a great um, a great time for you to ask questions that you might have about prayer, things that might have come up in the last few weeks as you're uh, in that practical application and increasing your prayer practice. So there'll definitely be a time for that. So uh, what I'd like to start with is uh, remembering that our thought and our word has power. Why? Because our mind is the mind of God. Our mind is the mind of God. And, um, oh, I forgot my puppet. Where's my puppet? Um, uh, the ego thought system is like a puppet that we wear in our hand, and that puppet has no power unless we put it on our hand. When it's just the puppet by itself, it can't do anything. We have to put, pick it up and put it on in order for the puppet to do anything or appear to be anything. The puppet itself has no volition whatsoever. It has no power. There's just one power in this world, in this universe, in this life, and that is the power of love, which is what God is. God is love. So we are love, and we are part of God. And so when we take our attention and place it on a thought, 
invest in a belief. When we use uh, symbols like words to uh, articulate what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're believing, and we place our attention and our awareness and our energy into those thoughts and words, whether they're prayers or they're sarcasm or they're attack thoughts or loving thoughts, they seem to have power in this world, the power to come into bring things into manifestation, the power to seemingly make things happen. It all comes from our investing our awareness, which is the mind of God, in them. That's the only thing that gives them power. So we can become so mindful of where we invest our attention, knowing that, as uh, it's been said, energy flows where your attention goes. Energy flows where your attention goes. And I have learned that it's so valuable to pay attention to your thoughts and the use of your prayerful attention is deeply healing and transformative. So I was, uh, this past weekend, I uh, spent the weekend with Lisa Natoli, who's a friend of mine, and she's also a Course in Miracles teacher. We were talking about healing and talking about prayer. And uh, I was telling her the story of when my brother had kidney stones and he was in so much pain. And uh, I found out about it and uh, I called him up and I said, Mom and Dad told me that you're, you've been in the hospital and you've got all this pain and you've been throwing up and you're on painkillers and all of this because you've got these kidney stones. And he said, yeah, it's been really, really rough, really rough. And I, and, and actually when I talked to my parents about it, I said, why, why are you telling me this now that he's been suffering for a week? Why, why did you wait a week to tell me? And my parents said, literally, they said, well, what would you do about it? I said, well, I would pray. But at, at that time, my parents had no belief in the power of prayer. And my brother is not a, um, uh, not someone who believes in God. So he didn't have any idea that I could do anything that would be useful or helpful. And so I called my brother up and said, uh, I would like to pray about this and I know that prayer can dissolve those kidney stones if you would like that. Because I don't need to interfere in his life and his process and his experience. And since he doesn't believe in prayer, maybe he wouldn't like that. So just being very respectful, you know, I can do this if you'd like. I know the prayer will dissolve the kidney stones. Uh, and so it's up to you. Would you, would you like me to pray about it? And he said, 
okay, sure. And I said, so you would be willing to have the kidney stones immediately dissolve and that you'd never have a feeling about them again? They'd just be, they'd just disappear? And he said, yeah, sure. And so I called my parents back and I said, I'd like your agreement. I'm going to pray about this. I have Michael's permission and I'd like you to agree with me that what's going to happen is the kidney stones are instantaneously going to dissolve and disappear and that he won't pass them because they won't exist anymore. They'll dissolve. And uh, I'd like you to agree that's what's going to occur. Will you hold this with me? And they said they would, and I don't know what that meant to them. But I also called upon my prayer partners to hold it with me as well. And then I sat and prayed about it. And as I was telling Lisa uh, the other day, what I felt, what I prayed in the moment was that, and I prayed in exactly the way that we pray. I made affirmative declarative statements, right? So we've got God's prayer, gratitude, offering, declaration, share. So I prayed something like, I know that these kidney stones have no power. They are nothing. They have no volition, no intention. They are nothing. They are specks of dust, and they are easily dissolved and resolved permanently. They are not necessary. They are not needed anymore. And so they immediately, instantaneously dissolve and resolve into the nothingness from which they've arisen. I know that there's ease and grace, peace and harmony, for my brother, for his body temple. And I prayed like that. And I had, now this is the key. I knew, and I mean I knew that it would happen. And I knew, I absolutely knew that there was no opposition. Nothing. There was no opposition in my mind. Therefore, there was no opposition. And the next day, my parents called me and they said, you're not going to believe what happened. Your brother says that not long after he talked with you, the pain stopped and it's as though the kidney stones disappeared. Of course, I, I, and I said to them, I know that it happened. Of course I believe it. I know that it happened. I felt it when it happened because I was praying about it. And I did. I did. And I was absolutely sure that the prayer had worked in the sense that I, I didn't now, here's the important thing. I did not make those kidney stones dissolve. I don't know how to make kidney stones dissolve. I have no knowledge of that. I don't know anything about that. What I do know 
is that kidney stones have no power. They are nothing. And that God has the power. God is the power. And that there is no opposition in the mind of God to what we are believing and knowing and declaring. And so there was no reason for the kidney stones to exist anymore. And they disappeared. Perhaps they dissolved. Perhaps they just immediately disappeared. I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about that ever before. Now, I'm going to open it up for questions. Does anybody have any questions about this? Does what I'm saying make sense to you? Any questions, any thoughts? Nadia, let's see if I can find Nadia. There you are. Hi. Hi. Um, that's a great story. And um, I'm really glad you shared that because I get confused regarding um, being specific in my intention like that. Um, because how do we know what is for the highest good? Or, you know, like... Can you speak more to, to like, because there was a specific outcome that was desirable, and um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's for the highest good for anyone. I really don't, and a lot of times I don't even know my own highest good. Right. <laughs> um, this is something I'm I'm aware of, <laughs> and uh, and so. However, I got my brother's permission. That's why I got my brother's permission. And I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't asking God to do something or not do something. I was declaring that the kidney stones were no longer needed. They were, they were nothing and they had no power. And what I, I'll say I perceive is that indeed they were no longer necessary and that perhaps this whole experience that I had with my family was for everyone, including me, to have a greater understanding of the power of prayer mm. and, the, and a greater understanding of the power of willing. Because most people, when they're in pain, and this is something I've been very aware of in myself, the tendency is when we're in pain... The tendency is to keep affirming what we don't like. To keep affirming, I'm in pain. I'm suffering. It's bad. It's not good. It's horrible. I wish it would stop. And so when we are in pain, we have a tendency to really make it all so real. And so this was a great learning for me. That A, like I said, I don't have the power 
to make a kidney stone dissolve. But I do have the power to focus my mind and to know, which anyone can know, that a kidney stone has no volition. So volition might be a word you're not familiar with. It's, it's a word I really like, and I find it very helpful. So I have volition, which means I can make decisions and choices and uh, take action and move forward and do things based on my choices. I have volition. So I have the ability to choose and to act. Kidney stones don't. They have no power. They're matter. So it's mind over matter. Some of you may be familiar with Mary Baker Eddy's teachings from the Christian science teachings about uh, mind and health. And her whole teaching is about uh, matter is not, uh, has no volition, it has no power. The mind of God, the mind of the infinite has the power. So when I experienced that, I didn't suddenly think, oh, look how powerful I am. I can make the kidney stones dissolve because I didn't know how the kidney stones dissolved or disappeared or whatever they did. I had no idea. But I did know that the kidney stones were nothing with no power. And this is one of the things that happens when we have illness is we give the illness power. And then we start to fight with the illness or we start to fight with the situation thinking that it has power and now there's a battle. Or we just, uh, we came in and we just were the victim to the other power. So in this world of illusion, the whole thing is built on the premise that there's another power. Well, the ego is built on the premise that there's a second power. But there's not. There's just the one power. And we are part of that one power. Our mind is the mind of God. But when we think that there's another power working against God, wholeness goes out the window of our mind. So wholeness is a spiritual quality of God. Wholeness is completeness. Wholeness is our nature because God's nature is whole. God is all there is. There's no opposition to God. There's nothing working against God, and there's nothing outside of God. There's just God everywhere present, omnipresent, omnipotent. And so there is no duality. There's only the illusion of duality. So duality, it means that there's God and something else or many other things. But there's not. There's just the one. And, and all of our problems, as it says in A Course in Miracles, are one problem made manifest in a myriad of ways. So no matter what we think our problem is, it's a belief in separation showing up as that problem. But there is no problem because there is no separation. All problems are truly an illusion. And we're having this experience as an adventure 
uh, in the tiny mad idea, which is what if I could be uh, utterly convinced that I was separate from God? It's a mad idea because it's not possible. It's insane. It's not even a possibility. So, if the kidney stones had continued, I would have absolutely known that that was for the highest and best. And I, I wouldn't have thought I failed. Because it wasn't my job to make it happen. I just was affirming what I absolutely knew, which is that the kidney stones had no power, had no volition. And so my mind, I have the mind of God, and I'm going to declare what I know to be true. And that was the energetic that, however it worked out, the, the kidney stones seemed to no longer exist. Because remember, everything that exists in this world is a projection of our mind or the collective mind. I'm not sure that that entirely answers your question there, Nadia. It does. That was very helpful because um, I can use that, what you're saying, I, I guess surrounding my circumstances where, of my perceived lack. Um, that somehow, because I, 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 yeah, that, that was helpful. That was helpful. I'm going to have to replay this this class and re-listen to that again. Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah, looking at, like you said, the perceived lack and healing that with your mind and experiencing your true nature, which is abundance and prosperity. So there is no lack, but that doesn't mean we can't experience the illusion of lack. So if we're focused on lack and limitation, if we have a belief in lack and limitation, it's going to reveal itself some way, shape, or form. Some people, it might be money. It might be lack of love. All, all sense of separation leads to a sense of lack because the source is what we're feeling separate from. The source of the all good, whether it's wholeness or freedom, or joy, or harmony, or prosperity, or wisdom, or clarity, or whatever it is we would like to experience more of, the sense of lack comes from feeling cut off from our true identity. The source, the idea of lack comes from our belief that we are not one with God. And it could outpicture in our minds as we're not good enough, we're not worthy. Uh, it's always going to, I find that lack and limitation always go together. That lack and limitation are really the same uh, kind of experience from the same kind of thought or belief. So fortunately, we do not have to discover what the belief is. We just have to give it to the Holy Spirit for healing and say, I am willing to have a different experience. I'm willing to remember the truth. I'm willing to let this belief go now. I'm done with it. 
And one of the things that we can do to help ourselves and is, of course, be very prayerful. And in our Masterful Living journals, there are prayers around abundance and prosperity there. I would use those every day. I really would. And I would also, I highly recommend anyone who's experiencing lack of any kind, awareness is curative. Awareness is healing. The reason that we experience uh, suffering of any kind is because of our lack of awareness. Our lack of awareness of what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and the connection between what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and what we're experiencing. So the cure is awareness. All lack and limitation comes from lack of awareness. So increasing awareness will increase your abundance. It'll increase your wholeness. It'll increase your freedom. It'll increase everything. And we do it by seeking the kingdom first. We really do. Seek the kingdom first, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. So one of the things you can do is a practical exercise, which it's a, such an act of self-love to do this. And a lot of people are very resistant to doing it, but it's so worth doing as in, either in your phone or in a notebook that you carry everywhere you go, write down every thought you have that's a thought of lack and limitation. Really become aware of how often you affirm you don't have. Whatever it is. Just notice how often your thought is of lack or limitation or separation. Write them all down because that is going to bring them into your awareness. And it is bringing the darkness to the light. And that's what healing really is. And so as you become aware of all these thoughts of lack and limitation, give them to the Holy Spirit for healing. Because here's the thing, if you really, really would like to move on from these uh, manifestations of lack and limitation thinking, do this work. It takes effort. It takes attention. It takes willingness. And all of that is an expression of self-love. Now, love is our true identity. So whenever we're expressing love, whether it's to ourselves or to our cat or to our neighbor, our child, anybody in our life, when we're expressing love, then we're lifting our vibration and we're moving into alignment with our God self, with our true identity. And the more we do it and the more we do it, the more we do it, the more we leave that low vibration of lack and limitation behind. Because whenever we're expressing love, whether it's towards ourselves or someone else, we are opening ourselves to the flow of the all good. We're reminding ourselves that we're one with the source. And this is deeply healing. And the, the biggest challenge I see with spiritual students in opening their mind, healing their life and their relationships and their finances and their body is an unwillingness to actually do their own 
awareness training. That's why A Course in Miracles is a mind training. It's a mind training. So people will happily sit and listen to class and show up in class and have discussions and conversations. But really looking at their thoughts, really interrupting the patterns, getting off the pain train, and doing the forgiveness letters and these kinds of things, this is what people don't do. And they think, I'm doing so much. I listen to 10 audios a week, and, and I go to Course in Miracles groups, and I do this and I do that. But the deep healing work with your mind is often the thing we put last on the list and we don't have any time for. And it's, it really is just because the ego has convinced us that it's not fun. The ego has convinced us that we don't have time and things like that. But we do have time to listen to an audio. Things. So it's about getting real, getting real with ourselves. So let me see, I know some people wrote in the chat here. Suzanne writes, hi Jennifer, you mentioned that you had absolutely no doubt in prayer. Since I am building trust, I'm not yet certain that I'm doubt free. Would you kindly speak to that? Well, Suzanne, A Course in Miracles tells us, there's a, a, a section in the manual for teachers about doubt. And it says that uh, all doubt is self-doubt. And Lisa and I were talking about this over the weekend, too, that it's really challenging to, because of course, miracle says, if you doubt that the healing has occurred, uh, your doubt is not in God, it's in yourself. All doubt is self-doubt. And of course, miracle says, don't doubt that the healing has occurred, even if the symptoms persist. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, prayer is the medium of miracles. So we pray. We pray to know that it's already done. So how do we do that? So we, we're grateful. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful to make an offering of these thoughts of doubt to the Holy Spirit. I'm no longer interested in experiencing doubt. I'm ex only interested in experiencing what's true and what's real. Holy Spirit, take these thoughts out of my mind so I never experience them again. I'm done with doubt. I'm ready to stand in trust and faith. I'm so grateful to share the benefits with everything and everyone because I'm one with them. May all beings benefit from this prayer. And so it is. Amen. So we, we don't have to struggle with the doubt. We just hand it over to the Holy Spirit. I cannot emphasize enough that this is the fastest path. Now we can also pray to have faith. So I'm making a holy offering of all doubt, and I stand in trust and faith. I am willing to have the faith of God in God. I am grateful and thankful to know that God is, and God is my very life, and that I am loved, guided, protected, 
in every moment, in everything. I stand in my wholeness. I stand in the wisdom of God. I stand in the perfect joy of God. I relinquish all false idols. I stand in trust and faith, grateful and thankful that I'm being led and guided every moment of every day. And I am grateful and thankful to know that all doubt is dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause so I never experience it again. I am grateful and thankful to know that all is well. I share the benefits with everyone. I let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So we pray like that. Now, when we're praying, we may have doubt even in the very moment that we are praying. But the thing to do is not to give the doubt any power. So not to make it real as the Course in Miracles would say. So it's like, it's like the Course talks about uh, clouds in our mind. These thoughts of doubt are like clouds in our mind. The sun is still there shining. So we're investing our awareness in the eternal sunshine of our mind. Right, that movie, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I think it was called, with Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet. So we're, we're focusing on our uh, spotless mind. That's the truth of our being. Rather than focusing on the clouds. So we make an offering of the clouds to the Holy Spirit. Rather than giving them any power, we don't have to argue with them because they have no power. And for me, that expression of being able to say, that thought has no power. That appearance has no power. And there will be appearances that seem to have a lot of power. And this is where we learn to not entertain it to not entertain it. And the more challenging it is, the more healing that's available to you. So the thing is, is not to give up and not to give in. So if you find yourself, oh, you did give in, you collapsed into the false beliefs and the patterns of lack and limitation, then you, as soon as you realize what you've done, you got on the pain train, tell the Holy Spirit you want to get off. And you're ready to get off and get off. And it's really, you know, in, in, in uh, Jesus' life, uh, there's the story about he went out into the desert by himself. Uh, as part of the his awakening process and his um, healing of his own experience. And the appearance was that the crazy egoic thinking was trying to tempt him to believe in a second power. And he said, get thee behind me. 
And that is a phrase that I've used many, many times. Get thee behind me. I am not interested. Ken Wapnick told me what he would say was a line from King Lear, which is that way madness lies. And so having these phrases at our fingertips is really helpful. Really, truly helpful. You'd like to say something, Suzanne? Just thank you. I am just so grateful and so thankful for you, for everyone in the community, for the gals that lead our small group. Everyone has just been magnificent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know, it's really, Suzanne, we have called this forth, all of us together, I've been so clear uh, with Spirit's guidance uh, to follow it and to um, hold the basket for everyone to be a part of this community. And we've called forth this healing at the level of the mind. And it's happening. It's happening. I've so seen phenomenal healing in this community. Phenomenal healing. And miraculous healing and this when it seems so challenging and it's so tempting to flail about that's when the greatest healing is available to us when the temptation is the greatest the most healing is available to us i'm i'm absolutely convinced of that so this is why it's like, you know, I quit smoking a few times. And so, <laughs> and uh, when I, the first time I quit smoking was the hardest. And um, there were a few times in there, I vaguely remember, where I was craving a cigarette so badly and I, I know now, of course, all craving is in the mind. It's not in the body. It seems like it's in the body, but the body isn't real. It's a projection of the mind. So I had these intense, tense cravings. And what helped me to quit smoking was when those cravings were their most intense to say, no, no, I'm not changing my mind here. And when I started quit smoking again the second time because I think I quit three times I don't remember now but um, when I started smoking again it wasn't because I was having a craving or anything like that it was more like oh you know I haven't had a cigarette in a few years let me have a cigarette and then oh I did that and then I didn't have a cigarette for a month so I can have another one and another one and then it doesn't matter and now you're smoking again that's what happened to me. I think it happens to other people too. But the third time I quit smoking, or the last time I quit smoking, might as well say that, um, I just said, oh, this is my last cigarette. I don't want to smoke anymore. There was no question in my mind. Oh, a couple of times I've had the thought, hmm, I, I could try having a cigarette again. I wonder if I would like it. And then there's like, no, I would not. Uh, I don't want to have a cigarette. 
And I'm not saying smoking is bad or good because I really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how we hold it in our mind. The thing is, for me, um, smoking did not make me feel good. I knew that smoking, for me, was a way of self-medicating and sedating myself so that I didn't really feel what I was feeling. It was a way of escaping my feelings and dampening them down. It was a definitely a form of self-medication. And I, I realized my interest is in uh, increasing my awareness, not diminishing it. And so then when I really believed that and, and knew it and felt it, quitting smoking was quite easy. I just, there was no question, I don't want to smoke anymore. It was, I didn't have to quit, I just stopped, you know, so there was no, and I, I don't recall there being any craving whatsoever the last time I quit. I was just completely done. It was a mental knowing, and so there was no, I just don't remember any jonesing for a cigarette. So, um, you're welcome. And Sheila writes, would you also pray for a cancer patient saying that the cancer cells have no volition, they are no longer necessary? Good question, Sheila. So, the cancer cells... Uh, I don't believe that can it seems as though cancer has intelligence. It seems that way. Uh, I'm not saying that it does. I'm just saying that people believe that because of how it seems. Or it seems that way because of what people believe, actually, is a better way to say it. So my sense is that most people, the vast majority of people who would pray in faith, would not feel comfortable with that thought. And if our mind doesn't believe it at all, then if we're affirming something we don't believe, it, what's going to happen is on a perhaps a subconscious level, we're going to affirm what we do believe. And uh, we're going to be then arguing with ourselves, and that's not fruitful. So let me just um, be with it a moment here. When my mom had the appearance of cancer. I prayed for the highest and best. I prayed for healing and wholeness. And I was extremely aware and knew that a healing may or may not look like a physical healing. I've learned that for sure. And uh, when it comes to prayer and healing of any kind, one of the things we must be very mindful for 
is do we have an attachment to what the outcome is and what the healing looks like and what it feels like and what it seems like. So for me, in my science of mind practitioner training, I really came to understand the teaching uh, of science of mind, which is the same as A Course in Miracles, basically. Never doubt that the healing has occurred, even if the symptoms continue. And that's challenging for our human mind experience. It's really challenging. So when the doubt comes up, like how do you have no doubt? That like, I don't know how to tell anybody to have no doubt. So my, my experience of having doubt, I give it to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this is the gift I give to you. The doubt thoughts, the belief in opposition to God, the belief in lack, the belief in whatever is the root cause of this appearance, this disturbance. I give it to you for healing. Undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. Somewhere, some lifetime, some part of my past, I made a decision that became the root cause of this that I'm experiencing now that I do not enjoy. Undo all the consequences of my wrong decision, even if I don't remember making the decision. Thank you. And the Holy Spirit can do it. The Holy Spirit will do it if we allow it. Our willingness is all that is required. There is no other requirement. No other requirement. Just our willingness. So our total faith is not required. Our... uh, Praying for hours and hours is not required. There's no meditation required. There's no, nothing is required except the one willingness. Now, the more willing we are, the faster it seems that we experience the freedom. Freedom is in the mind. It's not in the body. It's not in the world. It's in our mind. And then our life, our body, our experiences reflect the freedom in our mind. They outpicture the freedom in our mind. So if we feel trapped, the temptation is to try and change the circumstances of our life so that we can feel free. I feel trapped by my lack of finances. I feel trapped by the illness in my body. I feel trapped by this relationship. I feel trapped by this job. So then we start trying to work our will in the world to change the circumstances in order to feel free. But that is doing it back asswards, as they say. First, we must change our mind. Do we know how to change our mind? We don't. We don't. If we knew how to change our mind, we'd just flip it like a switch. But there is that within us, the knower who knows, the Holy Spirit, the I Am Presence, the Guardian Angel, whatever we'd like to call it, it knows. It knows. And it is offering it to us 24-7. Our willingness is all that is required.
That's all. So how do we get to that increased willingness? If anybody has any questions at any time, do raise your hand on the thing and that, that'll pop up and I'll see that or put it in the chat. Ask me to call on you, put it in the chat. Um, so praying for the, the cancer patient. One of the biggest challenges for anyone who is experiencing uh, manifestation in the world that they don't like is to release their attachment to what they think the answer prayer is. This is why I was talking about the teaching in the song of prayer, which is to detach from our need to have the answered prayer in a certain way that, you know, this is why so many people take their prayer off the altar and then they're trying to manage it themselves because they have an attachment to the outcome. And I've worked with many people who were having physical challenges or their loved ones were having physical challenges and they, you know, if, if you are losing the use of your legs and you can't walk anymore and, uh, or you're losing the use of your eyesight and you, you're having trouble seeing, you're going blind. The, you think the answered prayer is that you will be able to see. You think that the answered prayer is that you'll be able to walk, but you don't know. It's just what you want. So this is why I like to pray for the highest and best. But I also pray to know perfect wholeness, wisdom, clarity, freedom, joy, abundance, prosperity, harmony, wisdom, all the spiritual qualities of God. When you listen to my prayers every day, you'll see or hear over and over and over again, I am praying for a realization of truth. I am praying for a realization and experience of the spiritual qualities and the elimination of anything in my mind that's blocking the pure expression of wholeness and freedom and joy and wisdom and clarity and purity, etc. So this is a very uh, specific way of praying to help us train our mind to detach from thinking we know what the answer prayer should be, what it looks like. And instead, I say, focus on how you'd like to feel. I'd like to feel peaceful. I'd like to feel harmonious. I'd like to feel free. I'd like to feel abundant. I'd like to feel brilliant, right? So the all these spiritual qualities are what we'd like to be vibrating with. Seek the kingdom first, and all of these spiritual qualities are going to be added unto you. And all the expressions of these perfect spiritual qualities are going to be showing up in your life because these spiritual qualities are our true identity. And everything else is false. There is no lack. There is no limitation. There's a belief in lack and a belief in limitation. And when we believe it, we see it. We experience it. We feel it. And we then think it's real. But it's not. It's showing up in the illusion because we believe in it. 
And that's what the illusion is for. It's like a game. But we forgot to laugh. And now we're starting to remember. And joining together with others in remembering to laugh is one of the fastest paths to healing. So I'd like to um, uh, share a little bit more and then come back and take some questions. So uh, some of you may be, uh, probably many of you, may be aware of Dr. Masaru Emoto's messages in water. And so, uh, but I find surprisingly many people are not familiar. So I'm just going to talk about it for a minute. What Emoto did was he did uh, scientific experiments uh, for years where he took drops of water on a glass slide and he froze it and then he looked at the crystal structure of the water and took pictures of it and what he did was he through his work he demonstrated he proved that water has memory so uh and his work is is really helpful because of the visual nature of it. We can it helps us to understand that water has memory. And um, one of the things I'd like to show you for those who are in masterful living. Let's see here. Give me a second. For those of you who are in masterful living, um, let's see. We have our masterful living website and um, where we have all our resources. So I'm just going to share the screen here and walk you through a couple of things. All right, so here you are at the Masterful Living website, and uh, you can see here, <coughs> sorry, um, there's uh, videos here, and in this video list, um, there's some, I, I feel that these videos are so valuable, I've posted them here. And uh, one of the reasons we have the medicine water is because of what I've learned about water having memory. This um, video here, Water the Great Mystery, it's a movie, right? And in case you don't know, you can click here and it'll go full screen and you can watch it on your computer. You can also get, I think you can get the DVD maybe from Netflix or you can purchase it from Amazon.com. It's a full-length movie, and I think it's actually close to two hours, and it's all about how water has memory, and there's uh, Nobel 
prize-winning scientists and all kinds of wonderful people. And it's a great movie, actually, to share with family and friends who maybe would be a little skeptical about the power of prayer in your mind. Um, so there's some other videos here. And I really highly recommend this Doing Time, Doing Vipassana, uh, which is about <clears throat> Vipassana meditation. But I really encourage you to make a plan to watch all these videos. But the Doing Time, Doing Vipassana, I think, is about a 90-minute movie. And um, Water, the Great Mystery, is about two hours. And then all the other videos are, are pretty short. And I highly recommend this um, meditation for self-healing, Dr. Hugh Lin's Inner Child Meditation. And um, and then I would like to share with you um, this video here. Um, and uh, I, I, I turned the sound off. But I'm going to play this this video to show you, in case you're not familiar. It's just a not. It's less than four minutes. Um, it's funny. There's a typo there, but it's Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. -O. Uh, and Dr. Emoto, as it says here, uh, <coughs> he played music. He set words. He typed up the words and pictures and videos, and he applied them to containers of water or just bodies of water like lakes and rivers and things like that. So he played the music. He said prayers. Uh, he got groups of people together to play music and to speak prayers. And sometimes he just pasted pictures on a jar of water. He played videos for water. He did all of these different things and experimented with the, the before and the after. So some of the water he worked with was um, poisoned water, water that had uh, trash dumped in it, rivers and lakes. And over time, these rivers and lakes uh, really uh, got healed. But it's also fascinating what he did with different music and different words. So we're just going to look at these slides here. And uh, there are books that you can get uh, that have the pictures and have the information in them. Uh, his first book, as I remember, is uh, Messages in Water. So here's the word love applied to just plain water. And this is the, the crystal that formed. And here's thank you. Look how beautiful and perfect these crystals are. Unfortunately, these pictures are kind of distorted. Uh, but this, this video is helpful. Love and appreciation. I mean, they're just gorgeous, especially if you see the original photos. Happiness. You see how well-formed they are, that they look like diamonds. And um, they're also, they have the sense of being uh, like a mandala, perfect uh, expressions that are... Um, uh, what's the, they're just so well. So here's a, this is now, see, this is a, a drop of water from this area in Japan 
where there was no prayer, no beautiful music, no word, just this was the water, nothing, nothing done to it yet. No, no energy from the mind applied to it. Look how different that is from the other crystals that we saw. But this is frozen crystallized water, right? These two words, Mother Teresa. Beautiful. You make me sick. Look at this picture. Adolf Hitler. Gratitude. So you can see the contrast. Look how beautiful. So perfectly formed. Like a, a, a mandala. Here's some holy water. Anytime you go into a church, dip your hand in that holy water. Make a cross. I'm not Christian or Catholic, and I never have been, but I get that holy water. And I always have a glass of water beside me during class. Always. You don't ever want to come to class without a huge glass of water because we're praying. That water then becomes medicine. See, look how different this is demon. Here, just a child, the exposure of a child, right? Presumably a happy child. And then, I don't know if this is the word anger or the energy of anger, but look at it, it's a big hole, like a black hole. But there's light there at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> exactly. So this is leading to my whole point here. If thoughts can do that to water, up to 60% of our body is water. What are you thinking and what impact is it having on your physical body? Have the courage to start writing down your thoughts and paying attention, right? Have the courage. You know, for me, one of the reasons I, I love doing these classes is we're always spiraling up. Masterful Living is... It's not the same every year. We go deeper every year because people are more ready to go deep every year because our consciousness is rising for the whole human race. And Dr. David Hawkins did a lot of work on, on that with his Power Versus Force and um, all his books. But this is the thing to keep in mind. We, we can think that berating ourselves about something doesn't really have any impact. But after seeing these images, how could you ever give yourself permission to think that your thoughts are meaningless, that they have no power, that they are not important? Love and gratitude. This is our spiritual practice. Going to love, going to gratitude, changing our mind, developing and cultivating our willingness. So this is so 
this this is why every thought that we're thinking, every word that we're saying, in a sense, it's a prayer. It might be an unconscious prayer for more lack and more limitation, for unworthiness. But the infinite mind of God is not, it's not personal in the sense of it has no favorites. So the infinite mind of God and your cellular structure does not know how to say, oh, she really doesn't want to experience any more lack. No, she doesn't want to experience that. If we give ourselves permission to think lack, attack, limitation, and separation, the universe is doing us a favor by demonstrating it and making it plain. So you, you, you don't get what you want. You get what you're thinking about. And many times it seems like, well, I wasn't thinking about a car accident. I wasn't thinking about cancer. I wasn't thinking about bankruptcy. I wasn't thinking about these things. That's not what I want. So we have to then realize that there's also, there's the collective thought, which we're a part of. And there's also our belief system, which is the result of decisions that we made in the past. And you can think about it in terms of, you can think about it in terms of, let's say, Okay, well, this is what Spirit's giving me. Um, when I was a teenager, early teens, maybe 11, maybe I was like 11 years old, I got the stomach flu and I threw up chicken soup. My mom, I wasn't feeling well. My mom gave me chicken soup and I threw it up. And it was a very long time after that, before I wanted to eat chicken soup again, I made an association in my mind that chicken soup would make me nauseous. It was not something I wanted. And so it wasn't true. I love chicken soup now, but for a long time, in a sense, I thought chicken soup, bad. So we make these decisions. We may not be conscious of them, but they're running us. And that's why the decision to be willing to experience the highest and best and to make loving choices changes everything. So why I put so much focus in Masterful Living on making loving choices, looking for the loving choices, thinking the loving thought, looking for how can I be kind? How can I be generous? How can I be patient? How can I express this higher vibration of love. It's because A, like attracts like. B, we're shifting our cellular structure. We're raising ourselves up. And when we do it consistently again and again and again, what transpires is we really begin to shift our whole life and all of our energy. And it is 
All of our thought is a form of prayer. The infinite mind of God does not know the difference really between what we say when we go within for prayer and what we say when we're sitting in the car in traffic yelling at the people driving the cars in a crazy way. In um, the section in uh, in chapter 2, uh, the fear and conflict section in the text in A Course in Miracles, it says it's hard to believe that thought combined with belief has the power to literally move a mountain. It's hard to believe it. We don't want to believe it. And this is what it says in the very next section, which is the cause and effect section. In the very next section, effectively what it says is, we, like the light workers of the world, don't want to accept that we are thinking such negative thoughts that it's manifesting as war and famine and pestilence and uh, obesity and, um, and cancer and all of these things. We don't want to accept the power of our thought to manifest hideous atrocities, things that terrify us. We don't want to accept responsibility for that. So instead we say, well, my thoughts aren't so powerful. They're not. I don't have the power to move a mountain with my thought. And so we actually often unconsciously, but also consciously, we think many times a day, my thoughts have no power. And then we feel powerless. It would be far more effective to say every thought I think has the power of God in it. And let us be very mindful of our thinking. Jesus says in A Course in Miracles, you're far too tolerant of mind wandering away from the love of God. And we are. We are. So that's why Masterful Living is a year-long class so that we will become vigilant over our thoughts and no longer give ourselves permission to hurt ourselves. But you see, I mean, I struggled with self-medication for decades. For decades I struggled with it. Constantly, and I do mean constantly, making decisions and choices to do things that were self-destructive. So I know so much about it. I tried many forms of self-medication, and they all left me feeling like there was something wrong with me. And now I know there's nothing wrong with me, but there was something wrong with my thinking. So I'm going to see if anybody has any questions uh, about any of that. And I want to look at something here. Mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I invite you to do, uh, and um, so in, in Masterful Living, we uh, uh, write the contract. So there's the, we did the week where there was the visioning and for our life. And then we took from that, and there's the worksheet in our mastery journal about taking the results of that visioning and turning it into your contract. And I, I'm still reading through all the contracts. If you haven't heard back from me, you will. You will, you will. And um, if you want to revise your contract, feel free. Go ahead. I really... Uh, I know for a fact that those who read their contracts on a daily basis, on a frequent basis, uh, find that they experience far more transformation than those who do not. So I do encourage you to do that. If you feel like it's a burden, it's overwhelming, I encourage you to make an appointment with one of the spiritual counselors to work on your contract or make a date with your prayer partner to work on your contract. It can be a lot of fun and much easier than you think. Better to have a contract that's not perfect than to have none at all. So if you don't have a contract, you can just uh, take this and say, my aspiration is to be loving at all times in all situations. My intention is to look for the most loving choices I can find. And my goal is to feel inspired and to perceive the voice for God leading me and guiding me in each and every moment. Just take that. It'll be in your transcript. Work with that. Just work with that. Something is better than nothing. Write it on a three by five card and work with it and tend to know it by heart. Many times I'll ask somebody, so do you know your contract by heart? And they say, no, but let me look it up. I invite you to really, truly know your contract by heart because it's so important to you. It's so valuable to you. It's um, it's putting your God power in it. It really is. It's such a great gift to give to yourself. It's a gift of transformation. Many times we back away from the things that will be most helpful to us. It's not because we're stupid or bad or wrong or a loser. It's just that our we're more identified with the ego than we are with the power of God. And that's the, the thing that we're healing. So we're in the right place, doing the right work, and coming to the most helpful awarenesses. So one of the things I encourage you to start doing is what we call the AIGs, Ascension, <laughs> the um, Aspiration, Intention, and Goal, A aspiration, I, intention, G, goal. To send your aspiration, your intention, and your goal every day to, or many days, to your prayer partner. And you can do it by email. You can do it by text message. 
And for those of you who have prayer partners in other countries and would be uh, come expensive, you can use WhatsApp, which is a easy free app to get. It's very, it, it takes a minute to set it up, you know, five minutes to set it up and then you can text for free uh, with your prayer partners. And you can also set up a, a WhatsApp group in your mastery circles and you can share your AIGs each day. Uh, and uh, I love that sometimes people start doing it with their family and their friends. Uh, I know I was with one of my friends one time, and as a, uh, every day when it got to be 8, eight o'clock at night, the uh, gratitudes came in at the end of the day. I like to do gratitudes at the end of the day with my prayer partners say two or three things that I'm grateful for. And uh, it's a wonderful way to cap off the day and be in connection with your prayer partners. And uh, you can do it with your mastery circle as well. So uh, I encourage you, this is just, just another way that doesn't take, I'm telling you, it doesn't take 60 seconds. I love spiritual practices that are really helping me that don't even take 60 seconds. I love it. <laughs> so I encourage you to do your daily AIGs with your prayer partners and possibly with your mastery circles, your study buddies. I really encourage you to do that. Of course you can do it with your friends. Of course you can do it with your family. What a wonderful thing, you know, um, for you parents and grandparents, what a wonderful thing to text your children and grandchildren at the end of the day. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. It's not, it's not a burden to hear what people are grateful for. Right? It's not a burden. Not a burden at all. All right. Let's see if we have any uh, other questions or anything that's come up that anybody would like to uh, bring up before we close out this uh, prayer power class are you raising your hand Sally couldn't tell if you were stretching your fingers or raising your hand well <clears throat> I was waiting for anyone else that wanted to speak up nice because yeah. I didn't I didn't speak up a lot in my first couple years of mess for living um, but you know in various months um, my prayer partners and I were, were, whether we were connecting weekly or not, we were sending AIGs. And at, at one point, um, my prayer partner was elaborate in her AIGs, and I would just take it and take out the words or the phrases that, or put in it, you know, a different, a little different word, and then um, send it back. That was how I was doing. I thought I am, and I would say I am joining you in your gratitude and your knowing of whatever issue was coming up for her. You know, we are <clears throat> eternal loving beings uh, that are uh, are not sick, for example. Or um, she she would work on a theme. My lessons, or uh, her Catholic partner, 
you know, in whatever prayers they were sharing. And uh, it was beautiful because I just made that mine. And I couldn't do, you know, I wasn't coming up with them on my own. Um, other times, you know, the prayer partnerships would either stall a little bit or we'd pick up and be strong. And that really got me through whether I was showing up to class or not. By the time we got around to mastery circles and freedom circles with the Finding Freedom cl class, it, it was so uplifting. Mm. So I, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude for um, hanging in there with whatever of the tools were um, of, available or working at the time and, and, um, and feeling the benefits and seeing the demonstrations of sharing the healing with everyone and feeling such gratitude for you holding this space for us. Mm. <clears throat> you know, and last year I listened to every um, MLC1 class. This year I haven't even been present. But today I listened and then I wanted to jump on and be, you know, really present to share if there was still time. So I, I, <clears throat> I'm ready to work on a new contract. So I, I'll be getting more specific, but my initial, ins uh, uh, I just wanted to be guided by spirit and not, uh, and, and then putting all the blocks to that on the holy altar and over time you know i'm taking them back less and less and feel and sharing the benefits with all been so grateful for the opportunities that spirit provides to you know understand more about the triggers or take the opportunities to be helping others with more uh presence of mind mm -hmm. and present present moment awareness mm -hmm. all the tools you've been sharing today are awesome and and, it, and I just know from my experience that <clears throat> maybe I was only doing a few at a time. But over time, writing out my heart's desire and an occasional for self-forgiveness letter and, and knowing the truth and, and praying that the prayers, the prayers are getting more and more inspiring and, and sharing, sharing my my prayers with, with more people who are just grateful, grateful for hold, holding that space of it's all going to work out. It's in our, it's in everyone's highest and best interests. And all of those temporary thoughts or moments of doubt, concern, and, and, the, and, the, and the, you know, my, um, what I found, well, like with the, Beautiful sharing from Corinne Zupko. I I was able to un with those exercises uh, uh, have the fears flowing and then find everyone came back to I am not a body. And and at the same time wanting to honor the body temple. Mm. So thank you. Yeah. I encourage everyone for whatever part of these tools today that you shared can start with. It's it's uh, it's a blessing. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. That was a beautiful share. Yeah. So I encourage you if you ever pro are in a church where they have a prayer box, 
put a prayer in that box. Don't pass a prayer box by. Always write down a prayer. I, I often will stand there and I'll fill out 10 different prayer requests <clears throat> for myself and other people. Fill up that box with prayer requests. Um, and I'll just remind you that when you are the person praying, you receive the greatest benefit because you're vibrating the prayer. It really is so much about vibration and like attracts like. And so we're cultivating our willingness through prayer. Prayer is the medium of miracles. So I encourage you in our Facebook group to put in your prayer requests frequently to make a commitment to working with your prayer partner. We all have to, I, I had so much resistance. OMG, I had so much resistance. Pray it away. Pray that, give that resistance to the Holy Spirit. That's what I did. I just kept praying and praying and praying and giving away my resistance to the Holy Spirit. That I don't know another way that's faster or easier for healing than giving it to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and when we found we took it back, give it back to the Holy Spirit again. And I really learned to say when the thought would come back again, the burden would seem to be back in my mind again. I'd say, oh, no, I gave that to the Holy Spirit. That is not my problem anymore. I gave that away. I'm not interested in that anymore. So let's pray. So grateful and so thankful that prayer works. So grateful and so thankful that there is only one, one power, one presence, one mind. So grateful and thankful for the higher Holy Spirit self, perfect, whole, complete, eternal, now and forever. So grateful and so thankful to lay upon the altar every burden, every perception, every pain, every confusion, everything that doesn't serve. We are grateful and thankful to let it go and to call for a healing in all directions of time and space. We are grateful and thankful to lay the burdens down. We are grateful and thankful to look for the opportunities to be loving, to be kind, to be generous, to be patient, to be more willing, to be more grateful. We are grateful and thankful to call forth healing and transformation for all beings. We are grateful and thankful to call forth healing and transformation for ourselves, for our family, for our friends, for everyone in this Masterful Living community. We are grateful and thankful to know that anyone's healing is our healing. Anyone's success is our success because we are one. We are grateful and thankful to let go 
of thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, we are willing to choose love. In gratitude, we allow all the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Mwah.